When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome to this week's episode of Steelers War Room. I'm your host this week of the show, Matt Peverell, the host of the show that puts you in the minds of Kevin Colbert, Omar Khan, Mike Tomlin, and the rest of the Steelers front office as they build a championship roster, as they build a roster that can fight for a seventh Lombardi trophy. And, you know, perhaps even for Big Ben, you know, in, in going into this season, can seven get the Steelers seventh? But look, before I crack into the show, I always seem to run out of time at the end. I just want to say, you know, as always, Behind the Steel Curtain is your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers, whether that's on our website at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, whether it's across, you know, our live YouTube shows that then go across, you know, our audio platforms, uh, or it's or it's podcasts like this that that go live too. And, you know, it's it's really important. If you're a Pittsburgh Steelers diehard fan, that you listen to all, you know our shows, listen to some of your favorites when you got a, when you got time. Listen to some of those that you know are new that you might have heard about, or listen to ones that you don't traditionally listen to. Uh, I know it's hard to keep up with everything, and now I think we've got 25 original shows, not including the part twos of the YouTube shows, every single week. Um, you know that's awesome. Just pure Steelers content, and everything's got a different flavor to it. So. You know, if you're listening to me for the first time, I know Jeff's done a lot of promoing as of a lot of the other shows of these lunchtime uh, podcasts, uh, which are going live. And, you know, this was one of the first to do that. In fact, it was the first uh, when we trialed that. So, you know, if, if you're listening to me for the first time, fantastic. Maybe you know me from Steelers Touchdown Under, which I co-host with Mark Davison, which goes live every Saturday evening in the US. This week will be cool. We'll be able to go, we're going pre uh, the Eagles game. So it's going to be awesome to be able to preview that and be like a bit of a pre-game show. But, you know, whether you're listening to, you know, Jeff's, you know, let's ride, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, whether you're listening to the live mic on a Tuesday, Stat Geek on a, on a Thursday, you know, whether you're listening to Steeler, the, the pregame show, which which is in season, was, you know, it is the um, 2 a.m. show, you know, in the off season, whether you're listening to the Steelers Hangover, whether you're listening to the Scobo show, um, Know Your Enemy, the preview, Six Pack with Tony, Touchdown Under, or whether it's this show at lunchtime, it's, you know, Jeremy Betts's fantasy show, whether it's the talking about Yinz's show, whether it's the Hirons with, the, with their rank focus show, or whether it's uh, Jeffrey Benedict with on the cutting room floor. There is content for everyone, everything from fantasy to film room. And then in a show like this, you know, you're looking at roster building and, you know, and franchise building for that matter. So it's actually been a really big week, you know, for the Steelers when it comes to the front office. And, and I think, you know, you've almost got to be living under a rock to know, not know that we've brought in Joe's show, but uh, that happened live during the game. A lot of people missed that. Like uh, I saw it on Twitter, but I missed it because 
you know, we're listening to, we have NFL international game pass here and, you know, you have to listen to the awful commentary from the Philadelphia Eagles, but Joe Schobert's a massive addition for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And if I may, I might just quickly run you through some of his top line stats. I mean, in his career, you know, he's had nine interceptions, you know, and this is also talking about in five seasons of football too, you know, seven, as I said, nine interceptions, 24 pass defense, nine forced fumbles, 11 sacks. He's had 21 tackles for a loss, 25 quarterback hits, you know, his, his tackle number is combined tackle number is almost 550. He's been pretty healthy too. You know, he's played, you know, 16 game seasons throughout his career, except for 2018 where he played 13 games, uh, you know, he started after his second year, he started in every game that he's played in. That's the difference maker that he is. We know that he's probably going to wear the green dot uh, instead of Devin Bush, and he'll just need to really learn the defense. He's a lot more of a pass cover uh, linebacker than what we've had previously. And I think that's what we need when you think about Spillane and hopefully Buddy Johnson there backing him up versus a Marcus Allen and Ulysses Gilbert for me. So Joe Schobert, there's massive addition for us. And if you think back, you know, to last season, to before we had Devin Bush, we would have been crying out for a Joe Schobert, you know, whether, it, as I said, before Devin Bush or, you know, last year with Joe, with uh, Devin Bush's, you know, injury after five games. So we're talking about some really great depth here, you know, with the addition of Joe Schobert. So I applaud the organization, particularly because we've had to give up very little and the Jacksonville Jaguars paying off his salary. Win, win, win. Uh, as Or as we say down under, maybe you say it over there in the US too, winner, winner, chicken dinner. So, Awesome that we've been able to bring Joe Schobert in from that perspective. The other big news of the week was the restructuring of Stefan Tuitt's contract. So Stefan Tuitt has been someone that, that we really, it's been interesting want to see whether he, a lot of people talked about whether they can restructure him. But because he was on the old CBA, that was going to add a certain amount of cap to the to the Steelers roster because I think it was in the vicinity of about 500K or so. And that was because Right now, with the 17th game, the league pays that for anyone on the old CBAs out of a separate pot of money, not after the cap. So with this restructure now, uh, you know, they've moved some things around, but basically it essentially means that over time he's, you know, he's potentially going to cost the Steelers a bit more money. You know, I think it's pretty amazing, you know, when you think about these two moves, you know, Joe Schobert apparently is costing, as Dave Schofield wrote, you know, $1.88 million against the 2021 salary cap after displacement that was reduced to a million dollars because, you know, obviously we're right now, the caps, you know, numbers based on the 51 uh, players, you know, when we know we've got 53 on the roster past the practice squad. And then you think about Stefan Tuitt's number, you know, and now they've been able to save with this restructure $6.34 million. That's massive for the Steelers. That gives us a chance to do something. And already the rumor mill is running hot amongst the Steelers fandom, whether they're followers of BTSC or other followers that you see on Twitter and what have you. But there is a bit of money here now. And it's pretty interesting to see the way the Steelers have been able to build cap and make moves. And I think the big lesson for everyone is next year when you know the cap goes up and everyone's sitting there going, oh, we still don't have cap to do X, Y, Z move we do have cap the cap is a very fluid system you've got to remember as well and you know we talked about this a lot in this show several months ago the cap is a is a several year proposition you don't because you can move money around if you save cap you know you can defer things and when you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers and the avoidable contracts we're doing you, you start to see that it's not a based on a fixed year it's based on being able to move things around and understanding what your overall contracts look like now 
you know, whether that allows the Steelers to go out and get someone, we'll have a little bit of a, a chat about that later in, later in the show. I want to cover off something else pretty quickly. But it is an interesting situation. It is an interesting situation. Now, as to, to determine how much the Steelers have, Dave had it estimated at $18.1 million. I believe that, you know, if you look at the NFLPA, uh, and so I'm not including the Stuart Ray structure. They had about 11.8 million. So you add the 6.34, that's 18.17. So agree, completely agree with Dave there. Spot tracks a little bit all over the place. Over the cap uh, hasn't really got turnovers void years. So they can be, a, and it's interesting, over the cap seem to do these avoidable years way down the track. I think they took about three weeks with uh Juju Smith-Schuster's one and Melbourne Ingram's, both of them. So I wonder when they're going to actually be able to update their numbers. So if you're checking over the cap and you're going, you know, it's, it's what we're reporting on behind the steel curtain is wrong. It's not. It's just in terms of you got to go through and have a look at what actual, you know, deal has been done there. So the Steelers, I guess to, to sum it up, the Steelers saved $3.95 million, um, against the against the cap this year. Are like and that's the way that over the cap saying it. Whereas if you actually look at what it is, it's six point three four million. So there's a couple of technicalities here, and as you can see, even as I'm saying it, it sort of gets a little bit uh, confusing in terms of you know what these numbers are, and, and they do seem to move around a lot. Now the the next thing I wanted to cover off because it does affect the Steelers is the Jamal Adams deal so over overnight for me jamal adams after five months of negotiations and guarantees uh basically signed a four-year extension with the seattle seahawks to a maximum value of 72 million and as part of that he gets 38 million in guarantees so you're looking at an average there you know of i think it's 9.25 million you know off the top of my head right now as i'm saying the numbers so there's a 20 million dollar signing bonus, um, and then there's the other guarantees salary of $18 million there. Now, what you're seeing there is he's obviously getting more than half his contract just over. I think, you, you know, you're working out, you know, within the 50 to 55% range guaranteed, um, which is not bad for a safety. You know, he's 25. He's a clearly a proven player. He's a pass rusher as well. While that is different to the position of Minka Fitzpatrick, it, this starts to set a bit of a market for Minka. You know, if Jamal can get 72 and he's going to be in the mix, I'm interested to see what the Steelers are going to be able to do to re-sign Minka Fitzpatrick. And I think we're going to be looking at a number that's higher than this, but where I think it needs to be beneficial, obviously there's the structure of the deal in terms of guarantees and, and, you know, um, bonuses and roster bonuses and workout bonuses and incentives and what have you. But it it is interesting um, to think about what this actually may mean. Uh, you know, and this 38 million surpassed the $35 million guarantee for Simmons, Justin Simmons of the of the Broncos, who is, is a bit more of that free safety player. It'll be interesting to see what Jesse Bates of the Bengals gets as well. Uh, you know, and Tyron Matthew at the Chiefs, you know, he potentially could have a target of $18 million going forward, according to over the cap. So it is. It is a little bit interesting, as I say, to think about what this might mean because the safety position is really hard. You've got to, you know, they all seem to get lumped together in terms of what their contract values are, but this, there are they are those different positions. And that's the thing that's a bit, bit harder to think about. Now, when I think of Minka Fitzpatrick and you look at some of the deals that are, that, that are being done, 
you know, Landon Collins, you know, he signed an $84 million deal. He's he's more of a strong safety. You've got Kevin Bayard. He's more of a free safety. You're going to have to think that Minka, you know, is probably going to want, I think in the minimum year five-year deal, I think what needs to make it work for the Steelers and to spread that cap cap number out, and it's probably a six-year deal. And I think we probably need to guarantee him, let's say, you know, about if if you're going to do that and you look at, the numbers from Jamal Adams. Let's say you guarantee Minka nine and a, nine and a half there over over six. So you're talking in the realms of you know fifty seven million dollars potentially. Um, yeah, and, and maybe a ninety million dollar contract or something like that. So you know, actually, it probably would be even above that 90, 90 million, As crazy as it might sound, so. This is the thing. It's we start to get in the ballpark of what Minka Fitzpatrick's going to cost. But the great thing is that salary cap is going up. The salary cap is going up. You know, as the years go by, obviously it's going up next year. There's that ceiling, um, ceiling there of I think it's two hundred six or two point eight or two hundred eight million, and then we'll continue up from there. Like my prediction is by twenty twenty three season, we're looking at over two hundred twenty million dollars a year. Suddenly. You know, and that's 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 almost thirty five. Well, it's actually above thirty five million more than than it is right now, depending on what they exactly round it to. That's a significant amount of money. Like that's kind of getting TJ what for free plus you know a couple of other guys. So you know there is room there. But look, that wraps up part one of of, of this week's Steelers War Room. Join us for part two. We're going to talk quickly about the TJ Watt contract as well. And then we're going to talk about what options there are for the Pittsburgh Steelers now that there's this eight, approximately $18.1 million uh, in cap space. We're back on Steelers War Room. I'm Matt Peverell, the host of this weekly show that puts you in the minds of Kevin Colbert, Mike Tomlin, Omar Khan, the Steelers front office, as they build a roster worthy of fighting for a seventh Lombardi. So we talked about the $18.1 million that the Steelers now have on the cap, uh, even after bringing in Joe Show, but even after, you know, restructuring Stefan, and well, especially after restructuring Stefan to, to its contract. We now start to get into an interesting realm of what can the Steelers do with this cap space? Now, you've got to think about this for a second as well. Yes, you've got this 18.1 or so, let's call it the 18.1 million dollars and, you know, it might, it might be even close to 18.2, but let's just say it's 18.1. The Steelers will need 9.5 million, as Dave rightly says in his article that went live this week on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, uh, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. So he basically says you need the $9.5 million, uh, to account for 53 players on the roster, sign the practice squad, and have $5 million in carryover in order to business throughout the year. The Steelers are going to need that. You're going to get injuries. You're going to move people around. You may even want to do a bit of a trade. Now, that gives you, you know, uh, let's let's assume that you round that up to eleven million, as Dave said. You've got about seven million there, and you know there's a couple of other tweaks they can make to different things. So you've got about seven million dollars there right now. That seven million dollars starts to become pretty valuable when we think about TJ Watt. And you've got to think if they restructured Stefan to it, right? They knew they probably need to make a move inside linebacker room after watching. Well, we've all watched, you know, for the, any months watched all like or even even half the the preseason so far and half those games. It, it's pretty easy to tell. You know, we probably need some more experience, particularly with Devin Bush coming back from that injury this year. 
But TJ Watt's currently sitting there on just a tick over $10 million worth for his contract. I talked a lot about this a couple of weeks ago. I talked about what does a TJ Watt contract look like? And I think we sort of got to a consensus that I sort of established that it would be somewhere around the 172 to 175 million mark. But, you know, the number of 172 to 174 was keeping in my head. Now, if you look at like league minimum salaries as well in terms of what you can pay these veteran these veteran players, which is it sort of sits just over a million dollars kind of thing. Suddenly there's, if you've got, say, 7 million in your cap right now and TJ Watch costing you 10, you ha- let's assume that you're going to, you've got $17 million that you can pay TJ with this year. If you look at that from that perspective, now knock off, let's say, let's call it a million flat, right? So then we've got, we've got $16 million. We can pay him in a bonus. Now, $16 million in a bonus over five years is $90 million. So if you're only going to sign TJ Watt for five years, you can do it for $90 million. And that way you have a league veteran minimum this year and you'll spread out his contract, the, the, the hit number, right? So you move it from being, you know, instead of having his $10 million contract this, this year and then re-sign for the future years, instead you start paying this year and you start spreading spreading out the, co- the cost of what that means. Sorry, I should say uh, 16, yeah, I'll say the $16 million contract, um, you know, you could afford that for $96 million. But I sort of think perhaps, you know, you're more talking around that, fif- that 15 mark or 15 and a half mark, and then you're probably paying $87 million. And and these, well, these numbers are what I'm saying in guarantees. I should specify that, sorry. These are what you're paying in guaranteed numbers. You could go up anywhere at 93 perhaps, or you might go, it might be $87 million. But this is what the interesting thing is going to be, is how much guarantee are they going to give TJ? Because that's the thing that's going to be a big discussion at the moment in terms of, you know, what is, and, and this is where the disagreement could could actually lie. Because if you're talking about, you know, seven over seven-year deal with a $15 million guarantees or in bonuses and what, you know, and guaranteed salary, you're then starting to talk about $105 million. $105 million. It's, it's incredible to be talking about this number. But as we talked about previously, you know, when you look at the other edge rushes that are around, you know, Joey Bosa had $78 million guaranteed, right? And that that average was 15.6. I'm talking about a six or seven year deal. So obviously the number starts to go up. But and I think Joe Bosa's off the top of my head was, I'm pretty sure it was a five, it was a five-year deal. So it's an interesting thing to think about is if this is where the debate is happening, if the Steelers now have money in the cap with two, it's $7 million or $6.34 million and about $7 million we can do, we can pay, we can pay TJ potentially $16 million in guarantees per year. Now that might bring the overall contract number down as well, you know, potentially. Because if you're looking at the thir- if you're looking at 174 million, you know right now, how and and you're going to give them 105 million guarantees, you're going to want to bring that overall number right down, and that's where the Steelers have negotiate are going to have the ability to negotiate, you know, in terms of that deal because 105 million over 174 is a significant portion of money. The Steelers might only guarantee him 14 million dollars a year, particularly if it, if it's a bit more, and then they've got even more room to move. Because then it would be, you know, you'd be looking at, 
$98 million, you know, and that's where it could really, really sit. And the $98 million over 174, again, sort of sits in that, in that range of, I think, I think it's about 60% off the top of my head. Um, yeah. So, you know, these are the things that we've got to think about as they make moves. Just because the Steelers have this money doesn't mean that they're going to go out and get someone. Yeah, it would be the 56% range. So what if they were to go out and get someone, though? That's the next thing. What if they were to go out and get someone? I think we pretty much all would all sit here and agree right now. The options are pretty much, you know, do they look at a tackle? You know, do they, do they look at bringing in a cornerback? There are guys in the free agent market. You know, there are guys like uh, Mitchell Schwartz there who's meant and seen as a fit. I still think he's holding out for a major inj- injury and, you know, someone to move something around. He would be a great fit for the Steelers. But I'm kind of like, now I've got the money. Is TJ Watts, you know, having this hold in? It's interesting comments from Keith Butler in the last couple of days that allude to the fact there could be a bit more, you know, uh, I wouldn't say bad blood, but there could be more tension here than what we expect. So this is where you start to get into the realm of they probably need to go down the TJ Watt part, but I'll go back to it or we'll play devil's advocate that they might agree got someone else. You might look at getting a cornerback. And from a free agent perspective, but yeah, if you can go out into that free agent market, I wonder whether a Gary and Conley might be the might be the right bloke to get. You know, he's still without a team. I know that he didn't really work out on the on the Raiders. I know that they got traded to the Texans. He then had that injury uh, as well, which I think is really you know put some people off him. But that means he's potentially available for quite cheap. Maybe you sign him to an incentive-laden deal. You know, at the end of the day, you know, he is a player with some NFL experience. He's got he's got some experience there. You know, he's played those three seasons. You know, he knows a little bit about what it's like to have to play, play in the NFL. He's had four interceptions. He's got 30 pass defenses. You know, he's obviously, you know, at a cornerback, he's not got no sacks there. You know, his tackle number is not too bad as well. So I think you start to think about, well, is he someone you can bring in for cheap? Does he, can you bring him in for cheap? If you're paying, if you're only paying TJ guarantee of the 14 million over six or seven, is he someone that you can bring in for like a couple of million max and incentive late in the deals? Because he has a pretty low missed tackle rate for, you know, he also, you know, his yards per completion is high, but he's, the completion percentage that he allows is actually fairly low. It's you know for against a lot of other cornerbacks. So, this is a, these are the sorts of things that we have to we have to think about if we're the Pittsburgh Steelers. To close to close out this show, you know, in terms of what are the Steelers going to do with this salary cap? Now we're back in the black. My, my I know my counterpart. You know, in, at BTSC, Michael Beck is a big fan of trying to trade for Stephon Kilmore. He's talked about it a lot. But there are actually two other cornerbacks that I think about from the Patriots. And they're J.C. Jackson and Jonathan Jones. Now, I don't necessarily think that J.C. Jackson is the guy they're going to – that I do not see Belichick letting go J.C. Jackson. I would love to get him. He's cheap right now, but he's we could have to give you know Belichick a second probably plus for him, you know, for J.C. Jackson. He's a future player for them. He's, you know, ideal size, weight, uh, you know, and he's doing pretty well. They've, they've built him up as an undrafted free agent and he's done really well. He had an OTC valuation last year of $10.89 million. But Jonathan Jones is someone, he's 28. He's got five seasons in the league. You know, he's had his fully guaranteed money. 
uh, you know, his cash payout, you know, his salary cap charge this year is seven, $7.3 million. You know, they've already paid him his cash. Could they do a split deal for him? He's that 7 million mark as well. If you're putting TJ, if you're saying, TJ, we're going to sign you for a deal, but you don't get any more money this year or you get it, um, you know, you get a scaling bonus system. So we only have to keep you around, you know, 10 or 11 million mark. Is he someone you can bring in if the Patriots can cover even $1 million? It's an interesting creative trade. But if I'm looking at cornerbacks that we can go after right now, I like it. He can do things in the run game. He's only five. He's, you know, when he came through the draft, he was 5'9", five, 5'10". Five, um, it was debated. and But he's fast. He's really fast. And he's a guy that is experienced. He's a guy that knows, you know, responds to a, to a top NFL coaching system. You know, he, you know <laughs> he actually, you know, he plays for Bill Belichick. That means he can play for Mike Tomlin. He can easily play for, for Mike Tomlin. You know, he's someone that I, I really do like. I think he's more achievable than Stefan Gilmore now. Uh, you know, and when I look at it, things like, you know, he's not the biggest interception sort of player, but he does have a heap of tackles. You know, he does have tackles for a loss. You know, he's he's constantly improved as he's gone on. He's pretty healthy, you know, too. He's played in a minimum of 15 games in his five year, years in the league, you know, and he's stuck and, and whilst he doesn't start all of them, you've got to look at, you know, Stefan Gilmore and the other, you know, great players, the McCordys and what have you that the Patriots have had in their secondary. So as you watch the Steelers go about things over the next week, just think. Are they going to pay TJ more? What can they do with that cap? I think cornerbacks more of a need than tackle. There are a couple of options for you. One on the free agency side, two that you know could be trades, one more than the other. But with that, you'll have to see just as much as I will. And that still is warm for this week. Go Steelers.